The following program may contain coarse language, suggested dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. Let's jam. Yeah, that's it. Let's jam. Let's jam. Let us jam. Hello and welcome to this special Tsunami Faithful exclusive. I am your host, Sketch, and with me, my co-host, CJ. Hello, hello. I'm actually alive in here. <laughs> and we are delighted to have on the show the beloved voices of Tom and Sarah. Woohoo! Hi. It's nice to be beloved. Oh, you, you two are, are most definitely beloved. I would think today you would probably have seen enough of the messages on social media to know how beloved both of you and your characters on Toonami have been. <laughs> so lucky. <laughs> and I beloved Dana a long time ago. Oh, I beloved Steve. He's the best. This is this is like a fun surprise reunion. I like oh I like God. this a lot. I had no idea. This is so cool. <laughs> we got. I feel like we got set up to just be like be on here. Um, but yeah, uh, the person the the person that doesn't sound like me that's speaking is uh, Steve Bloom, um, who's uh, who's known. He's the mayor of many small towns uh, all throughout um, the the lower United States, and uh, and I'm Dana Swanson, and here we are talking, uh, as you know, as our voices. Uh, Steve does the voice of Sarah. I do the voice of Tom. Um, sounds a little flipped, but just trust us that we're telling the truth. That would be a great so April Fool's joke. <laughs> the whole universe is backwards anyway, so it'll all get sorted out eventually. True. True. Oh, that sounds well, much better now. <laughs> yes. There's like well, a potion behind us. <clears throat> well, CJ, you came up with most of these questions, so do you want to start us off? Sure, absolutely. It, this is probably obviously going to be very sentimental, just with like all the big questions. I mean, it's such an amazing accomplishment of 25 years for a block, so... What goes through both of your minds when you hear that Toonami has been around for that long? Because I don't think we'll ever see anything quite like it ever again. Mm. Dan, you want to go first? I mean, so I remember when Cartoon Network came on in 94 and I was watching Pirates of Darkwater. And then three years later, Toonami came on and I have like a vague memory of it. Um, I definitely watched it years later, but just this idea that it's like, not just that it's a network, but that it's a programming block within a network that's still here. It feels like at this point, it's like, did it, are we on par with Saturday morning cartoons? Like what, Absolutely. what's the legacy there? Is this, is this must see TV? Is this like the same, <laughs> the same run? Like what do we look? I absolutely think so. Just like you don't see the type of longevity with a block, maybe with certain shows, you know, I, I've talked about it with like, you know, the Simpsons, uh, South Park, Family Guy, you know, a lot of type of shows, you know, and even like with live action as well, but a block, you know, like you don't see it anymore. There are other blocks that have tried, you know, and they've had their successes that just not as long. So I, I think it's a testament to the quality care that seems to be given uh, for fans through Adult Swim, Cartoon Network before as well. It's just, you don't see anything quite like it for a block. You might see it for a show here and there, but, but a block, like, I can't think of anything even remotely close to 25. 
There is one. It's the USA Cartoon Express. Listen, I didn't. <laughs> I actually didn't know about that. So that's fair. <laughs> a lot of people don't realize that it actually lasted that long. It it lasted a, a real long time. But I think Toonami's going to beat it. Toonami's going to beat we it. We outlive. We outlive Saturday morning cartoons. So yeah, that's, that's true. Thing. And we're doing yeah. it later at night than anybody else. So that's pretty yeah. Cool. Yeah. And, and uh, I don't know the last time that Saturday morning cartoons had bumpers that had adventures. So right. that's true too. I know Emerging that's events. yeah. Like the ABC one, I was singing with this and I was like that ABC one that after these messages will be right back. And it's like these three heads that switch around and like, yes. what if they had adventures that we had? Like, it's like, you see those three going like, all right. And now we're going to worry about what's happening uh, aboard the forge. Like, <laughs> they don't. Uh, it's just so revolutionary to me. In regards to that, since you guys have been doing the uh, Toonami immersive events for however many years now, and they've they've become increasingly more story driven, more more meaty in character. So, has your approach to these characters changed with this new context that they've been given? It's like red meat for me, honestly. <laughs> I I feel like we've kind of been dancing on the fringes with the characters in between the immersion events i i love them dearly but with these immersion events we get to get a little bit deeper into the psyche of the characters their relationship with each other and with their entire world around them and more recently we've gotten to to use weaponry and be badass and it's it's really it adds so many more layers to the characters it, they they feel the same to me honestly the the personalities are the same but we get to flesh them out it's, uh, I think, like with anything that, that you get more story, you, you just get more character out of it. Um, one thing I've really noticed with them is when uh, when Tom, uh, which is Steve's character, I need to clarify for anybody that didn't understand that we were talking um, <laughs> for, for Tom, I've noticed that, like, you know, it gets so much more guttural and you're in the moment and it's, it's so heightened. Um, and I think with Sarah... Her, some of her emotional moments can be, since there's so much back to business, I've noticed that it's specifically in how it's directed. For me, she'll have to go a lot more um, like no nonsense. Everything almost gets flattened because she's AI. So I found that difference to be really interesting that Tom gets to kind of like really live in the pain and like the torture of, of being in a body. And then the AI is like, all right, and now I must do this. Firing all. Like it's... It's so much, um, it's just, I, I don't know, to me it shows, I guess, different trauma responses. I'd always take a bullet for you, just so you know. Aww, I would too. <laughs> I'd keep it, nice. yeah, yeah. I, I'd take it right here. I'd take yeah. it right here. Aww. And it's like, it's just, like a little snack. And I guess since you guys <laughs> get to flesh different. out these characters more, uh, how has it been like to watch the progressive growth of both Tom and Sarah, whether we, when you first uh, landed the role of the voice, and then all of a sudden, as we get to now this brand new event coming out with the return, like we've had such a long and arduous story for these two hosts to then lead up to what's culminating into a final type of, not necessarily final, but just like this most latest hurrah for these two characters, which I have to say, like, out of all the characters you guys get to like voice, whether it be, you know, an anime, live act, whatever, it's just like, these are hosts and they get their own story. Like, it's so cool to think about that. Yeah, we're pretty lucky. Mm -hmm. yeah, I love that Sarah got her wings and <laughs> finally got out of the TV for a little while. 
Yeah. And uh, uh, Tom, like Tom's body has been, has gone through so many different changes over all of the different TIEs. It's like a way to be like, and now there's a new one. Like it's a way to reveal something new or big or is it a ship? Is it a buddy? Is it, uh, is it, is it, a, is it a, no longer a head? And now there's, now you're outside the thing. Like there's, there's always something to reveal. But uh, Steve, I was curious with, I mean, you've been doing this uh, longer than I have. And I was curious on your, your take of how does that felt to, to see that evolution each time that there's a new mock with these TIEs? How does that feel for you? It, it's so cool. You know, I, I'm just so grateful that it continues each time. I, I just say this prayer of gratitude that I get to continue doing it. And I always wonder if the new body is going to change the personality in some way or, you know, they're going to take me in a different direction. Um, it's always been such a happy surprise that Tom is Tom is Tom is Tom throughout all of the bodies, including the one with the big eyes, it's still the same dude. And, and I, I love that consistency. It, it, there's, there's something really comforting about it for me, just stepping from the outside in and taking a look at that. Uh, it, it, there's something very comforting about it because even though it looks cooler and more badass or different, there's always that familiarity about it. And, and the writing has, has been so consistently good through the years, no matter who's doing it. And it is typically a very small team of people who are doing that. Uh, it's, it's just fun to continue on that ride and see where it goes. And, and when you said final a minute ago, I went, no, no, please. No. Yeah. Wait, what? What are you no, talking no, no, about no. final? I can't say final until what a like faux two pas. I know, right? Sorry to surprise you guys. It's never ending. They tried that once. It didn't work. Thank God it didn't work. It's right. still, it didn't stick. It's it did, just yeah. amazing how like fan outcry can act, can make something of that change. And I know you've talked about it before, Steve, of just yeah. how important it was for those fans to reach out and say, no, we want this back. And it's still going on since it came back. It just blows me away that the second chance is, proved to be just as fruitful and amazing as just as its first iteration. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. That's, that's really a testament to the, the quality of the show, I think. And the dedication to bringing new anime, new shows to a, another generation, one after the other. And it's, it's amazing to me to go to conventions and to see three, sometimes four generations of family members who sit and watch this together. Still. It's, it's amazing. They just keep reintroducing it to the next one. It's incredible. Definitely. I know Sketch, and you've mentioned of all these different iterations of Tom, and I know Sketch has been pretty interested. Do you have a favorite design? And this is for both of you. Do you have a favorite design of how Tom and Sarah have looked through the ages of these 25 years? Because there's been a lot of them. I know personally for me, I love the very buff Tom back in the cartoon. Yes, 3.0 Tom. Yeah, I, I really, I don't know what it is. Like, to be honest, you can't go wrong with Tom's design, but I really, really like uh, 3.0, like how just jacked he was and things like i just i thought it was super cool and sarah honestly recently i love the fairy sarah i think it yeah. looks so pretty i really enjoy like i played halo so like cortana it's like it makes me think of cortana right away and i just think that design is so perfect yeah i uh, i always think of uh of navi from uh yes. from Zelda is what i was thinking of when she first appeared in that form um, as far as like ones I've gotten to portray, I I actually really love Sarah 3.5 because that to me was like the most, it, she felt the most like me, like a little bit glitchy and a little, like something was a little bit not quite uh, correct, 
quote unquote, but she was still doing everything she needed to do. And I, as some, as a uh, craniotomy patient, I really responded to that and responded to that when she sort of died and came back. It was like, oh, I've had that happen. I know what that feels like. Like that, I really re that really resonated with me. And as far as ones that I haven't gotten to play, I think it's Sarah too, the one where she's kind of like a little like an outline and she's flying around. Yeah, I she, like that one. I yeah, love that. yeah. Yeah, she was like a big hologram. Yeah, yeah, I would concur cool. with all of that. I, I love glitchy Sarah. That's that's probably my favorite Sarah's glitchy Sarah. Um, anytime that happens, and that's happened a few times, may happen again. Who knows? Uh, but fairy Sarah or whatever we want to call that design has always held kind of a special place in my heart because Dana and I get got to cosplay that right. at Comic Con, yeah. and uh, so just to see the characters brought to life on our bodies was kind of an amazing visceral thing. Uh, yeah. And it was really cool. And it, as, as glitchy as that was too, in real life, it was still super fun. I mean, things falling off of us and yeah, things, <laughs> wings bumping into people. And we just, I mean, we just had such a fun time doing that. And just, it just felt so liberating to be like, oh, I'm needed to be the thing. Like you see the thing on the screen, but now we get to be the thing. And yeah. Hot gluing pieces to our bodies. <laughs> literally, oh, man. literally, they were hot gluing pieces to our bodies just before we went on stage. And in that heat, oh god, that could not have been the most comfortable. <laughs> they had a little bit of pity on us, and like we went on close to dark, so we at least had like a little bit less sunlight. But I think things were still probably melting as we were walking down. So we oh my god! All the way up and all the way back. I, my favorite versions of Tom, I think, well, I certainly love the Jack version because it made me feel buff. And cool. <laughs> but uh, Tom, too, was it kind of holds a special place in my heart because that's where I started with Tom. And he had lots of lights on him and stuff. I, I just thought that was so much fun at, at the time. And that, that just sentimentally uh, triggers some feels for me. But I think my favorite one in recent years is, um, what are we up to now? Tom 6? So I guess it would be... Uh, the version of Tom five when he was kind of scuffed up and jacked up and burnt and battle worn. Hmm. Um, Cause that's kind of who I am now. And, and, <laughs> and, uh, and at the point where he's missing an arm and had to have that replaced all that. I, I just love that. It kind of humanized him on a different level for me too. So. Uh, yeah. Uh, I love that one. I love that one for so many of the same reasons, because that's what happens to people is that we yeah. go through stuff and then, we have our scars either on the outside or the inside and it sort of shows us where we've been and so where we can still go. Yeah. So I, I loved that, but there was definitely a lot of, there were a lot of fans that didn't understand it. Yeah. They're like, why, why is Tom all scuffed up? Yeah. <laughs> When's he going to get a new body? Did you guys afford a car wash for him or something? <laughs> <laughs> right. Just throw him on into the washing machine. Be like, that'll buff right out. That's a little up. windshield repair. Yeah. Come on. Rub that shit out, dude. Come on. I think there's probably a car wash in the forge. I think that's yep. probably. Probably so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what's in the forge? It's a big thing. <laughs> yeah. That thing is pretty huge. And, I, I definitely want to get your both your perspective as and as you guys have been seeing all this outpour uh, outpouring support love impact that this block and your hoax for the voices that you provide for the hosts and whatnot 
how has really Toonami impacted you guys, right? Like we always hear about all these fan stories, you know, like, oh my God, I remember watching it with my family. I remember watching it when my parents were asleep. It's what made me the anime fan today. It's what got me into this, that, this. But what about you guys? What's your, like, how has it impacted you in a way that I, I that fans might not know and like would be curious to hear about? Dana, you want to go first? I was going to listen to you and then copy it. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, yeah, you, you go, because I'm trying to, like, I'm like, oh, gosh, I have so much I want to say. So oh, I want to, like, yeah, limit it down. In the trenches there. Um, I think the, the biggest impact on me has been the impressions that people have expressed at conventions. That, that's, that's where we really get the big feedback. And uh, to hear people come as families and talk about how watching Toonami has gotten them through some of the most trying times in their lives, through uh, family traumas or personal pain or loneliness or uh, anxiety, depression, whatever they're going through, Toonami's kind of been a friend to them through all these years. And they've come and thanked me for that. It's like, I didn't do any, I'm a, I'm a cartoon bozo farting into a microphone. Um, but, but the, whatever, that alchemy is in Toonami that has resonated with people for so long has actually gotten people through some really, really tough times. And when I hear stories like that, it changes me every single time to a cellular degree. It's, uh, it's powerful and it's palpable and humbling. And I can't, I just still, even all these years later and hearing so many of these stories over and over for all these years, I still uh, am so deeply moved every time somebody shares something like that with me that I could be a part of anything like that. I never imagined. Um, when I was younger, my dad was a doctor and he wanted me to go into that field. And uh, I was always a little disappointed, and so was he, that I wasn't smart enough to be a doctor. And I thought, well, how the hell can I be of value to you know the planet? What can I do to be of service to the planet? And being part of something like this that directly touches people's lives in such a profound way I've felt is just as potent and important as uh, you know, other types of healing modalities, you know, whatever, whatever that looks like. Uh, and it, and it's affected me to the point where I, I got this on me. <gasps> I mean, that's part mm -hmm. of me forever. That's my, only, my only drunk tattoo, but, but still. something, <laughs> <laughs> man. Still, it meant something and it continues to mean something and I don't want to burn it off. I love it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Toonami and Tom and Sarah and everybody at the network is is a part of me and part of my family. So I'm so grateful for that. Oh, I'm crying. And so I, I'm going to have a hard time uh, answering um, in a meaningful way. But I, um, I completely agree that the top thing about it is getting to hear people share their stories about what the block means to them. And it was honestly this morning, I was, I was reading through um, some posts that Jason DeMarco was making and he was talking about kind of the mission of Toonami was giving kids who didn't necessarily have a safe place, a safe place. And, um, and hearing the impact of that, like that that mission not only succeeded, but is still there 25 years later. And, to me, it's not only like this, this like safe place of something's going wrong in your life, or you had, if you were a child going through something really difficult that you had this place, or if you were an adult going through something difficult, that now you have this, the same place that's like, come hang out. We've got shows. 
maybe there's snacks. We're just going to have some game reviews. We're just going to, it's going to be a place where everything is okay. Um, and I think there's also a really wonderful aspect of, um, of teaching people, not just um, when they were kids, but also um, people who are like, if you are neurodivergent or if there are things that maybe you wanted to uh, understand a little bit better, I think that it's not only good for reminding people of the emotional scale, but also people that may have forgotten how to be human. It's a nice place to t like touch back in and be like, we're all on the same level here. Don't be a bully. Wonderful reminders that you get taught in school all the time that go away. And it was just, I don't know, I always found it neat that that was there for people and they could come and be like, wow, that speech really changed me. Fall down seven times, get up eight, like all that stuff when they come to you and they say, this thing saved me. And to Steve's point, this is a healing modality where people will say, this thing saved me. And I'm like, my, the Far Cry 5 review, like I just, <laughs> sometimes you don't quite like put it together in the moment because there, there's so much about this work that is hard to encapsulate but when you're realizing like this is teaching people um how to be kind to each other again and that there is kindness in the world and that there is like this whole spectrum of emotion um i find it beautiful it'd be hard pressed not to find like a promo or speech or anything that uh fans wouldn't talk about i know all different types of uh fans have been bringing up some of their favorites you know it's just it is amazing what uh, the block has been able to accomplish um, is and Dana you mentioned at least a fall seven times get back eight uh, mm. is there any other type of promo or speech that really resonates with you that you would want fans to maybe check out or hear or whatever you know it's for me it was um the personal ones were always game reviews that when I was working at William Street um because typically what would happen is I'd go and Gil's office or I'd go in Jason's office and talk about whatever game I'd probably be playing the same thing so I could work on sponsored promos about it. Um, but we would just kind of be like, oh, where are you in this? What's going on with that? How's that coming? Like we would check in about it. And then occasionally I'd get a script like the next week and it would be Gil making fun of me. <laughs> like, but in, in one of the roles, like uh, my my actual thoughts would be either Tom's or Sarah's, like he would figure out ways to make one character one of us and the other character the other of us and like having a conversation about the game. But that's also like, like that for me was always very personal. And that's something that's very hard to uh, communicate to a fan of like, hey, check this out. I feel like that's a little bit more inside baseball. But it is also it's very personal to me because it's like that's a literal conversation that I had that's now being. <laughs> Like, I'm being roasted <laughs> but, uh, by a robot and AI. So I, that's yeah. pretty clever. I had no idea that was going on, but I suspected all these years that a lot of those were very personal. That's amazing. Yeah. Or it'd be Gil and Jason talking or, or Delgado or anybody in the office who was playing the thing that somebody else was playing. Like typically you'd have or Dennis, like Dennis, somebody would be, I was just going to say, yeah. yeah. Dennis kind of does his own thing. He goes rogue. So sometimes he's chatting with us about what he's doing. And someone's just like, fired up the new game, man. Yeah. <laughs> and a bunch of other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's really cool. That's we give it an 8.5 out of 10. All right. <laughs> that is some great context. That, that makes sense because the, the conversations always felt really real. Yeah. yeah. They felt real, and now we know 
they are real. They they just weren't originally by Tom and Sarah. <laughs> That's kind of amazing. Yeah, I'm just spitting out words. I wasn't privy to any of that stuff. So it's really good to know that. Uh, I hope we delivered them accurately. Yeah, I'm like sure that's... you did. I had no idea. Well, sometimes, like sometimes, you would flip the characters to where, uh, like Pikmin. I've, I've talked about Pikmin three before, but that was the first time I realized what Gil was doing. Where he was like, "You're taking this conversation that we had, and you're making it into something." Um, but it was uh, I was stressing about having the perfect Pikmin day. I was so stressing out. Like I went, I'm trying to get everything done. I'm trying to get all the fruit. I'm trying to make all this happen. And then, so he flipped it to where. Um, Tom was the one trying to have the perfect Pikmin day. So you were essentially me as a person trying to go like, I'm just trying to get all this fruit going. And then my character, Sarah was like, it's all right. Any day you have is a perfect Pikmin day. It's cool. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So sneaky. Now, Steve, being the consummate professional that you are, I'm sure you, you always, always read the script, but uh, oh, do, no. do you ever get to ad lib? Uh, I will. If, there's just something in the script that I, I feel I could give a little more Tom juice to. Mm. But I try to stay pretty close to the original script on most things, especially on the game reviews, because I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the day when uh, they used to direct me uh, over the phone and I was in my studio, I could hear them literally playing the game on the other side of the phone while I'm doing it. And it might change the direction a little bit. So I knew that this was super authentic. The, uh, Jason and Gil were absolutely playing these games in the background. Um, so I just trusted all that. I had to trust all that because I, I am not a gamer. I don't even have opposable thumbs. So uh, yeah, most of the time I do try to stick pretty close to the script. In, in the um, immersion events, I might go off book a little bit more um, just because I, I might add a little bit more um, uh, pre-life to things, you know, a little more grunts and groans and fighting efforts and those sorts of things, uh, just to kind of bring it off the page a little bit more. But I, I try to keep the context as best I can because these guys work really hard writing these things and I don't want to screw it up. I can definitely understand that considering like, I couldn't only imagine it's like, oh, by the way, we have an inspirational Tom speech for you, but feel free to ad lib anything you want. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about know. cars today instead. Is that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> today we're having Tom talk about thermal dynamics. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. Oh, that, that'd be pretty funny. And I guess, <laughs> I guess kind of one thing that I'm sure a lot of fans are really curious about how excited do you guys get with all of the kind of new stuff that's coming to Toonami's way? Obviously, uh, it was just recently announced today about the new Fooly Cooly stuff, a new project housing C. And it's just like, you guys aren't obviously in it. I mean, you might be, who knows, but it's just like, how excited do you guys get when it's like, man, more original stuff is coming to the blog? It had like me, Sketch and I are like giddy. Our friends are all giddy about it. Like, I can't imagine you guys that being the host to you know, showcase these things are just as excited as we are about all these new originals that have been coming in the pipeline. Dana, you want to talk about that? Yeah, I, I get excited anytime um, an original is popping on um, just because I think about uh, IGBX, like when that was happening and what a big event that was for the building because I was started working at William Street in 2005 and like I just have a fondness for whenever something that uh that that turner um adult swim tsunami cartoon like whatever you want to call it hbo max i don't know uh whenever something that was a like turner property um had a hand in in actually making a show 
you'd see the actual pride on on Jason's face or like anybody that or or Maki um like getting to talk to Maki about the stuff that she's worked on um that has been I find that to be really rewarding because it's a way to no matter if I'm involved in it or not I see how much it both uplifts uh my friends and then also like I can I can see the physical I've seen the physical labor they've gone through and then seen it I get to see it on screen I get to see like the end result and the celebration and experience that part of it with them um like I, as uh, you may know, I don't work in the office anymore. I'm freelance and I do voiceover um, and all sorts of interesting stuff. Uh, but uh, those years, like I, I, uh, I don't know. I think I think back to those years and I think back to, okay, what? How much work are my friends having to do to make all this stuff happen now? Like that's where my mind goes. Is it? It comes from a place of like um, of wanting to support my friends. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's it's fun for me when I see things that fans have been asking me about that, of course, I have no idea what they're even talking about, all of a sudden materialized on the network. That's that's just amazing with some of some of the the more recent. Well, Fooly Cooly is a great example of uh, that that last chunk that we had um, with a couple of those shows. The fans have been saying, are you guys ever going to air more Fooly Cooly? And I couldn't say anything. I don't know. And even if I did, I'm under NDAs. I can't talk about it. So to see that stuff that they've been bugging the crap out of me for for so long, all of a sudden just appear on the network. And I don't know until the week before when we're doing the promos for it most of the time. Yeah, I'm in I'm in your shoes now, Steve, where I'm like, I don't know about anything unless I've just had a conversation with somebody or unless I see I see it pop up on Twitter. And I'm like, oh, wait, what? Like, I, I know at the same time that all of you guys know. Yeah. So it's it's just such a different world when it's like, oh, I used to kind of have to be like, all right. What, I'm taking a picture in my office. What do I have to hide? You know, like that. <laughs> it's so different. It's so different. It's it's so much easier now because I don't have to worry about that. Uh, that's something I never considered. Yeah, I, I just I just love it when they announce something new because I I can I listen for the squealing of the fans out in the ether because I I know that it's just made somebody's day. It's awesome, and we'll probably be you know if the show hits, it's going to be another thing that goes on for generations at least in in their conversations, even if the show doesn't continue, it's, it's part of history at that point. So I feel like we're constantly making history. It's cool. It definitely feels that way. And it's, I do think a lot of like anime that and cartoons that get shown on, especially this recent iteration of Toonami love to have that badge, like as seen on Toonami, like a Toonami veteran show. Like there's some sort of like prestige it feels with it. Like, I, I don't know what it is. Like I, I'm a huge fan of black Clover that aired its entire series on the block. And it's like, yeah, that was a tsunami show. You know, there's just something about that that just shines. And I think that's why a lot of fans do get excited with not only acquisitions, but with the originals that are coming as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I did want to to ask, you know, in, in recent years, there's, there's been a lot of talk about uh, improving things for voice actors, for people in the animation industry. And if you wanted to say anything in those regards, fire away, please. <laughs> Well, we're always fighting for that. Uh, I've I was participating in a lot of union meetings for many years until I finally moved off the mainland, and I don't have to do it anymore, and I have an excuse. Um, I hated having to do that, but I I always felt that we need to keep eyes and ears on how people are being treated, whether it's in our 
community or not. And especially for the newer voice actors coming up uh, and with all the new technology, the new media, all the, uh, the AI, forgive me, Dana, but AI has, <laughs> has become a problem now. Uh, those kinds of things are, have finally caught up and we're not prepared. So uh, I've already seen a few people be put out of work by that new technology coming in and, and you know, the union wasn't prepared for it. So I feel like the, the next generation really has to be extra diligent uh, to, to make sure that their futures are going to be um, sound. We've, we've fought over the years and, you know, we've, we've taken some lumps and it's okay. I've, I've done fine. Most of us have done okay, but there are a lot of people who really have suffered because of that. So I just hope that uh, anybody that's getting into voiceover uh, will be paying attention to their own career and treat it like a business too. In fact, that's, that's one of the reasons I started teaching voiceover. I didn't want to, but I felt like I had to uh, just to put people on a better path and make sure they protect themselves. Ooh, on the topic of uh, teaching, have any of your students ever gotten back to you and like, hey, I finally got a show on Tsunami? It's, uh, I don't know if their shows have aired on Tsunami. Pretty sure. Uh, a few of my students have booked some pretty big things. I don't know if they've aired on Tsunami yet, but uh, I think a couple of them are actually on some shows that will be airing at some point. That's awesome. So, and, that's awesome. And on games and things too. So that's that's super gratifying. I'm just excited that they're working at all. It's like Tom is infiltrating not only fans but the industry itself. It's yeah. a beautiful thing. It's beautiful. You've got to keep it going. Uh, and I guess to wrap things up, um, what would you what for both of you? What would be your lasting kind of words and parting wisdom to tsunami fans now that we've reached a quarter, you know, a quarter of a century of the block? Like, what would you want to tell fans? You know after all these 25 years of this wild ride work, cause it does feel like Tom and Sarah are family, not just, you know, for you two being able to provide the voices for them for as long as you have, but just the connection that you've made with anime since, well, you know, with anime fans, with action cartoon fans, like everyone, it's the foundation for a lot of, you know, fans of this type of media. And it's just, it's impacted so many. Ladies first. Oh, um, they, <laughs> um, I think I would want to tell people that have been watching Toonami, even if it's just one one night, even if you just spent one night watching Toonami or you've spent every single Toonami night watching it, um, thank you so much for coming, coming to hang out and coming to see it and have a, a safe place. Um, but I, I mean, like looking back at all that, I think I'm like trying to even ask the question to myself of like, what? It's so big. It's so massive. It's such a long time. Um, but not only are we so excited to have served um, the states for this long, but we are hoping to be able to do whatever we can. And, and to Steve's point of how things have changed in the industry, even how things are changing in television and in streaming and in all of that, um, I hope there is a space for tsunami in the way that things are shifting and changing and moving around and that there will still be a safe place for people to come at the end of a hard day. Yeah. Um, I, I would just say that uh, people who have watched tsunami for all of these years or just tune in once in a while, you're part of a community and it's not just in the States. It's a global community because people, even though tsunami doesn't broadcast beyond the, the mainland, United States. Well, 
I don't know if it's here. No, probably here too. Hawaii. <laughs> I'm in Hawaii. Sorry. I'm in the middle of the archipelago in the middle of the ocean. Um, but even if you just tune in once in a while, and, and even if you just have uh, some sort of peripheral awareness of tsunami, you're part of a community. You're part of a community of people who uh, up until even 20 years ago, really were kind of uh, pushed into the shadows. You had to love this stuff in secret. Uh, you couldn't do it out there uh, in the real world without getting ridiculed. Mm-hmm. And um, the fact that it's so mainstream now that uh, that uh, the original animation networks are are taking everything from anime. There, so many things are derived from the stuff that we were a part of way back in the day. Um, one of my best friends, Logic, a hip hop artist, did an album that was kind of a, a love letter to anime and video games because he was a fan of Toonami growing up during some of the worst times of his life. And uh, one of the most profound things that I experienced was doing a convention panel with him at New York Comic Con, where we watched uh, fan stream in. Half of the fans were in cosplay coming from the Toonami base, my fan base. Uh, and the other half were hip hop fans coming from his side and watching them meet in this room and start having conversations with one another and saying, you know, I could never say that I love this stuff with anybody I knew. And now we can talk about it in this room, in this open forum. And that came from both sides. That came from the hip hop community and from anime and video game community. Just to see that this safe space has transcended a dark room or a basement or wherever you would watch Toonami back in the old days to something that you can actually talk about openly now and uh, with anyone. Um, I, I hope and I pray that Toonami continues in some form or another, like Dana was saying, um, perpetually, just for forever, because it is a community and it's, it's Toonami has become kind, kind of the, the centerpiece around which all of it revolves. And it still does that. It's still that powerful to this day. So I really hope that it, it maintains that, that place in uh, people's hearts and minds and that safe space that Dana was talking about for people to go if they do get off track. Yeah, it's, I was thinking about this too. It's like, it's just, it's this, it's this safe space, but it's also like your older brother telling you what's cool. And like, here's the music you need to be listening to. And here's the shows that we want you to watch right now. And it's, it's so, it's on top of it being like this, this nice, easy space where you're going to learn and you're going to like be able to grow as a person. You're also having someone come in and be like, here's what's hot right now. Here's what I think is interesting. And I want you to think is interesting. And if you don't think it's interesting, that's cool too. Do your own thing. So it's it's been such an honor to be a part of this environment that is not only safe, but is also like a, a tastemaker in its own way and, and inclusive and wants people to feel feel in on it. Mm. Well, I, I think the offshoots of this, uh, like the um, Adult Swim festivals, uh, Jason was able to do. I've never heard of anybody being able to do something like that. Uh, bringing this brand new music to people for the first time in the context of a community that was specifically, you know, kind of anime driven and entire festivals, global festivals are built on that to, to tell people, look, this is cool. Check it out. This is the new stuff you may not have heard. Uh, I hope that kind of stuff continues too. 
and uh, that Toonami is uh, remains to be the base for that and for everything else to gravitate out from. So, yeah, just honored to be part of it after all these years and so, so grateful to the fans for tuning in and staying up late and talking about it and sharing this stuff. Thank you. And thank you to Jason and Gil and to Sean from the past and uh, everybody else at the network too for keeping this thing alive and for many, many years on their own time. Uh, yeah. So many people just donated their time to keep this thing alive. And, and I just, I'm so honored to be part of that. It's incredible. Yeah, this was a labor of love for so many people. It was the thing that they did on top of the two other jobs that they had. They would add into, oh, and also, uh, let's throw in this thing that's important to so many people who need a place to go. And But they did it because they loved it. Um, Chris Hartley, another like oh, wonderful yes. person that just like put in so much time to make the block what it was, especially during um, the years that I was there, like just seeing that and in Delgado and Brianna um, and in the editors, George, Sarah, um, Johnny, like Brent, yes. Brent Flesby, <laughs> just, I don't know and I'm, if I'm forgetting somebody. Uh, call me and to uh, tell me Vanessa, yeah. best people and Mike Lazo for letting us do this stuff. <laughs> and Keith, is that right, Keith? Yeah, Keith. Proper, it's so yeah. weird because yeah. the only the, I feel like the only person left standing is Jason. I was reading back on like the retrospectives of yeah. okay, Mike Lazo, Keith Crawford, Sean Akins, Jason DeMarco. Like this yeah. is the last last one standing who's still around from from the early days. Yeah, still involved. My first meeting was with Jason, and then Gil came a little bit later on. But yeah, Jason and Sean. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, awesome. Gil. Yeah, Gil's the best. Gil and yeah, Jason, I love you. If you're listening back to this, we love you. <laughs> oh, that's that's really good to hear, and I definitely think that it resonates with a lot of fans. Not only the passion and love that you guys have, but the care. Mm -hmm. Like you can I just. Forgot, I forgot Dennis. I'm gonna say Dennis again. Dennis. Dennis. Yes. Dennis. Dennis. <laughs> he's like the rings of Saturn. He's out there all the time. He's just there. <laughs> the thing. It could wouldn't be Saturn without him. Yeah. Yeah, he's I want him to listen back to this and go, "Yeah, do you forgot about me?" <laughs> no. <laughs> One of my favorite tsunami memories was playing miniature golf with Dennis. I like I miss the streaming show so much because I loved just being able to do whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Tsunami free flight. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. yeah, Jason and Gil had a different opinion about it, but I I just was like, ooh, I get to play a weird game and someone's gonna cut it into a thing. Okay. Right. Like <laughs> I love that. I love that show. It's so much fun. <laughs> Well, that's pretty much all that we have for questions. And again, we cannot thank both of you enough for taking the time to talk with us. It has been an absolute honor and a pleasure. And I'm glad that we had this rare opportunity to celebrate Toonami's 25th anniversary with you both. We, again, cannot express our gratitude enough for you guys being able to allow us a small piece of your time uh, for this. Because it's, it's why we do it. It's why we enjoy being able to, you know, talk about Toonami. It's something that everyone at Toonami Faithful loves and just we, we can't get enough of it. But uh, again, we, we cannot thank both of you enough for this. This has been an absolute pleasure. I'm sure Sketch would agree as well. 
Absolutely. This is such an honor. You know, we've talked we've talked to both of you before, but it's always so great to have another chat. Yeah, we we love you guys. Thank you so much for all of your time and energy that you you put into um, ensuring that people know what is happening on tsunami. Because sometimes <laughs> I need you to uh, so that I know what's happening. That's why they need <laughs> to bring back the now, next, later. <laughs> yeah, thanks for keeping it alive you guys i mean when when a lot of other people didn't you guys did so thank you for always keeping that flag raised and, and talking about it keeping the conversation going mm-hmm. absolutely really really grateful hey, yeah you guys Keep gave us something yeah we're <laughs> just sharing the passion and the love that you bring to us yeah Woo! pretty much all right group hug Mm. I've been sweating in it. This is my Sarah uh, Sarah 3.5 shirt. I've been sweating in it all day. So yes. <laughs> I still wear mine all the time. You what? I still wear my Sarah shirt all the time. I love this thing, man. I, I, love I think it. mine was too sweaty to wear today. So I, I <laughs> that's a good one. I like that that's one a lot. One. Yeah, I wish I had more. I'm wearing it out. I found it was like a triple XL that I found at. Uh, where was it at like adult swim fest they had like the the garage sale sort of thing there was like this gray like ash gray giant one and i grabbed it because i had both of us on it and i was like well, i haven't seen this design like they're always like some sort of design they would release just for like one a one-off event yeah, that we would yeah. never see and i just was like i just need to have anything <laughs> that i can because it's just it just always feels so special to see some oh you're freezing like, oh, God. oh i'm gone Goodbye. Froze. There you are. <laughs> wow, we got a real rendition of Sarah back when she was. I know. Glitchy right. Sarah. Sure, yeah. Here she is. There it is. <laughs> all right. All right. She'll one, be one glitch more, in a good position. Yeah. One more fun question for the road. Since you brought up the weapons, if you could add anything to Tom and Sarah's arsenal, what would it be? Oh. Uh. A mini mech for Sarah so that we could fight side by side. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, I can never top that. I mean, I was just like a magical broom. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, too. Uh, but no, mini mech. Mini mech is where it's at. And then, oh, okay. So, like, we could fight side by side. And then we could switch. And then uh, I could grow big. And then Tom could be in the small part. Like, just so you could feel like, here's what it's like to feel small. Here's what it's like to feel big. Just like <laughs> us being able to, they like... have combining robots. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we could mind meld. It'd be sweet. Voltron. I mean, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Look it up. So, Voltron. Yeah, that's a good answer. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Make us into a super sentai. Do it. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think we need a series to really flesh this out, right? Well, we yeah. Do. Cosmo so, Samurai. So I mean. Yeah. So guys, if you're yeah, but one with English voice actors. <laughs> um, no, no, not that. That's not brilliant. And wonderful, and it's amazing. But uh, no, we need like a whole series, and maybe a movie, and maybe a video game series too. I'd be down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Right. He's really yes. putting this. Yeah, I'm just putting it out there. You got to, you know, you got to put it out there if it's going to materialize. Yes. Okay. So anybody who's listening back to this or reading this or whatever's happening, you just heard it here. Um, so we have uh, we have a, a TV series. We have a video game series. I'm going to throw in more comics, like mm. more comics, but ones where we're talking like comics, but we're talking. So because Steve and I want to still do this. We love a it. Feature film. Don't forget a feature that. film. A feature film. I'd say trilogy at least. Yes. With the- <laughs> Eight seasons in a movie. Yeah. yeah, we need eight seasons in a movie. That'll do. 
It'll last starting. another 25, so we got to 50 already. Let's go. I'm going to start taking my vitamins. I'm getting old. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I can still do the Welker's voice, though. Still I can going. still do it. Yeah. <laughs> Frank Welker is still playing a teenager. He sure is. <laughs> hmm. Oh, yeah, think about that. Yeah. Fred Jones for life. Right? Yeah. Well, thank you once again so much for your time. It's been a delight, as always. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having us. This was magical. 